الحمد لله رب العالمين وأصلي وأسلم على المبعوث رحمة للعالمين بعثه الله شاهدا ومبشرا ونذيرا وداعيا إلى الله بإذنه والسراج المنيرا First and foremost, I want to take a moment out to thank the organizers of this event. Allahi, they went through a lot of trouble. They really, really did. Our Ustad Ahmed Hassan was grilled more than once. He was absolutely grilled by different parts of the community just so he could find a bigger area. And as you can see, subhanAllah, we're sitting in this beautiful, I don't know whether it's a wedding hall or a conference hall, because there's a wedding going on on the other side, right? <laughs> May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless every single individual who took part in putting this program together. And a special thanks to those who uh, run the Iqra Center who made this happen. Secondly, I want to thank every single individual here, every single person who came on a Saturday evening. I normally tend to mention when there's a program on a Friday evening and likewise a Saturday evening, seeing the masajid or the lecture hall so packed with youngsters. We know what many of the youngsters are doing, especially on a Friday night, on a Saturday night, Many of them are up to no good. So for you to take the initiative now to attend a program, hoping to better your understanding of the Qur'an and the Sunnah of the Messenger it is something that should be commended. A lot of the time we bash the youth, right? They did this, they shouldn't be doing this. But when they now fill out an event like this, it's something that should be made mention of. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless and honor every single one of you. We should, wallahi, really, really be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We know the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Whoever Allah wants good for, He gives them fiqh, He gives them understanding in the religion. It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala choosing you, out of all the people, to come and sit in a program where you want to better your understanding of your religion. I'm sure a lot of us, we have friends that are not here today, that are up to no good. That are doing all sorts of crazy things. But Allah Azza wa Jal handpicked you out of everyone to come and sit here just so you can be enlightened with regards to what is most precious to you. And that is your deen, your religion, my brothers and my sisters. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continue to bless every single one of us in khayr. Before I start my lecture, my brothers and my sisters, I want to mention the following. And it's a concept that's very, very dear to my heart. Everything happens for a reason. Many of you guys are aware, I was on my way to the States, more specifically here, Virginia, back in 2019. I landed at JFK Airport, and I was told immediately after landing, we are putting you on the next flight back. This is how America welcomes its British citizens. Thank you so much. <laughs> right? I went back. Wallahi al-Azim at the time, I felt pretty disheartened. However, I kept on telling myself, everything happens for a reason. How many a time, my brothers and my sisters, do we find ourselves in a position where we think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is maybe choosing to give us a hard time. However, we tend to miss the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at times has something better waiting in store for us.
everything happens for a reason, right? So if you ask me now, if you had the choice to come in 2019 or to come now in 2022, hands on heart, I would tell you 2022. Due to so many things, subhanAllah, that happened within that period. Everything happens for a reason, right? Maybe an example that a lot of you guys can relate to. And it's a very, very common question that someone tends to ask. I really, really want Princess Charming. I really want her. She is the woman of my dreams. There's no one else on the face of this earth that will ever be as good as the sister that I'm interested in. However, to make things worse, your good friend comes along and he snatches her from under your nose. Does it happen without a shadow of a doubt? And you're telling yourself, why is Allah doing this to me? Why always me? Look at so-and-so. He's having a great time in his marriage. But look how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is torturing me. Why always me? Couple of years go by, my brothers and my sisters. You come across a sister, and vice versa, it's alright brother, equal rights. Huh? <laughs> you come across a potential spouse, right? And they have characteristics and qualities that blows your mind away. That the mind couldn't imagine. And then you say, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have this today. If that didn't happen, I would not have this today. This is a very, very important aspect of our aqidah, of our belief system, my brothers and my sisters. It will leave you, right? It will leave you in a much better place spiritually. Another example of this, my brothers and my sisters, is what happened to Yusuf والسلام, and his father Ya'qub. We know that the many brothers that Yusuf والسلام, had, they envied him. Because Ya'qub, the father, loved him more than anyone else. Right? So they conspired. Let's get rid of him. One of the brothers said, Uqtulu Yusuf, kill him. And then he said at the end, وَتَكُونُ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ قَوْمًا صَالِحِينَ After that, we're all going to become righteous people. Shaitan sometimes whispers this, right? Oh, it's just one time. Get rid. And then the door of repentance is open. And before we even get a chance to repent, we may end up dying in a very, very bad state. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired and sent down upon Ya'qub the father. He sent them revelation telling him, allow them to take him. Allow your other children to take Yusuf. You must be wondering to yourself, why would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow that to take place? Right? Even though Allah knows, He's all knowing, right? He's all seeing, He's all hearing. Why would He allow Ya'qub to go through all of this trouble? He was hesitant. Shall I allow these children of mine to take my most beloved son Yusuf He was reluctant. He was hesitant. And eventually, he ended up letting him go. And the rest of history, right? The story of Yusuf is so beautiful. Ya'qub went through so much trouble. He went through so much misery. He went through so much sadness up to the point that he became blind because of excessive tears. And you're probably thinking to yourself, why is Allah making him go through this? It's a common 
statement that comes out of the atheist's mouth. If there's really a God, why is He allowing all of this to take place? Everything happens for a reason. We accept that our ears are limited, right? I don't think anybody can hear what's happening outside. Or see that which is happening in the car park. If you accept that, why do you fail to understand that your intellect is limited as well? And then later on we say, oh, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have this today. However, you missed out on a lot of rewards. Patience, right? Tasakhat. You started rebelling against Allah. You started conducting yourself in a way that is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything happens for a reason, my brothers and my sisters. I wouldn't be sitting here today, and Allah knows best, if my friend did not get shot in his head. Wallahi al-Azim, and Allah knows best. My friend, back in 2007, he was shot in the head, and I still remember it like it was yesterday. At the time, everyone was like, why would God do this to us? This was our close friend, right? You know what his family done? You know what his family done, brothers? In front of the masjid, they brought a big hut and they placed his body inside of there because the parents wanted his friends to see what he went through. Yes, brothers and sisters, some of us might be living this type of life, right? We keep telling ourselves, I shall and I will. How many people went to sleep and they never woke up? I shall and I will. They went to sleep and they never woke up, guys. It's a reality that we hear about all the time. And I'll just quickly mention this. Every single Eid. You guys know what Eid is? After the month of Ramadan, we celebrate, right? Every single Eid, we hear about someone who died with alcohol in his mouth. Every Eid. Or died jumping up and down in the club. Rapping or singing or huh, doing whatever. Every single Eid. And I'm sure you guys heard of that case in Canada, right? Of that sister, may Allah Azza wa Jal have mercy upon her, died inside of the club. Very, very recently. Sometimes we tell ourselves this, brothers and sisters. Right? Because there were so many gangs after gangs, I think we were fourth generation. And it didn't seem like it was going to stop. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed that he was shot in the head and they put his body there. I would see old people. They would walk into this hut and they would come out and their beards and their faces would be soaked with tears. I still remember where the bullet shot was. Everything happens for a reason. What did that result in? So many people ended up leaving the streets. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me the tawfiq to realize no one done anything. After he was shot, nobody done anything, brothers and sisters. And I'm thinking like, if something happens to me like that, is that how my friends are going to behave like? Is that how they're going to react? So it was the reason why many people dispersed and they left the streets. Everything happens for a reason, my brothers and my sisters. Right? Everything happens for a reason. No matter how evil it may appear to you. Ibn Taymiyyah, he says, right? Not Abu Taymiyyah, Ibn Taymiyyah. Huh? Passed away over 700 years ago. And Allah Azza wa Jalla yakhluku sharran mahda. There's nothing that Allah creates that is purely evil. Nothing. Nothing that Allah has created that happens is purely evil. Our minds and intellects are limited. The way you see things is very subjective, brothers and sisters. Subjective. You could always put a positive spin on it. 
Always. It depends how you end up looking at it. And you have Usmodan, inshallah, something better is going to happen. So I thought I'd mention this, brothers and sisters. I mentioned this in Philly. The moment I arrived, right? Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. For a hot minute, I thought they were going to huh? send me back again. It's been, they, they kept me there for approximately nine hours. But wallahi, seeing all of you and these wonderful glowing faces, right? It helps. Wallahi, al-Azim, it really, really helps. Right? It was definitely worth it. See all of these faces, right? All these brothers and sisters have attended in order to better themselves. May Allah Azza wa bless you all. That was just my little rant that I wanted to get out of my chest to feel better. Right? My brothers and my sisters, a lot of us are sick and tired with what keeps unfolding right before our eyes. A lot of us were sitting around feeling sorry for ourselves. Once upon a time, we looked at certain things that would happen in society and we would be absolutely disgusted by it. However, now we've become extremely desensitized to it, right? Because of how rampant and prevalent it has become. A lot of us are thinking to ourselves, are things only going to get worse and worse? Yes. The Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he told us this 1400 years ago. There doesn't come a time, except the time that comes after is, worse or better, worse. That Prophet who lived in the middle of a desert, who didn't have these advancements of technology, right? He told us so many things that we are seeing unfolding right before our eyes. It's affecting us in so many different ways. Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Al-Qabidu Where holding on to your religion is like holding on to hot coal. Right? You guys know what a shisha bar is? You guys have shisha over here? Honestly, I don't know. I've never been to America before. It's my first time. Right? Yeah, halal shisha. Uncle said it's halal shisha. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Allahu Alam. Ah, maybe to him. Ah. <laughs> Imagine now picking up the hot coal and then holding on to it. Would you be able to hold on to it, my brothers and my sisters? Your religion will become like that. It will become more and more difficult. The Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he also said in another hadith, مِنْ أَشْرَاطِ السَّاعَةِ أَنْ يَقِلَّ الْعِلْمِ وَيَظْهَرَ الْجَهْلِ وَيَظْهَرَ الزِّنَا وَيَكْثُرُ الْحَرْجِ from the science of the hour, my brothers and my sisters, from the science of the hour, is that ilm, knowledge, becomes scarce. Beneficial knowledge will become less and less and less. Ignorance will become so widespread and rampant. Not knowing basic things pertaining to our religion, my brothers and my sisters, right, will become so, so widespread and rampant. You try to hold on to your religion, fundamental traditional Islam, right? You'll be looked at as a stranger. People will say things such as, this guy is bringing a new religion to the house. And this is something that is perfectly normal. The Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam again, 1400 years ago, he said, يَدْرُسُ الْإِسْلَامِ كَمَا يَدْرُسُ وَشُّ الثَّوْبِ حَتَّى لَا يُدْرَ مَا صِيَامٌ وَلَا صَدَقْتٌ وَلَا 
zakatun wala hajjun up until the end of the hadith. Islam is going to fade away. The same way the embroidery, right? You buy that Nike, would you guys call it Jesus? Huh? Or clothing? Jesus, the shoes, right? Huh? What is it called? Easy, easy, what's it? <laughs> the clothes that you're wearing, brothers and sisters, that you just bought, you put it through the wash machine, is going to start fading away. Islam is going to fade away like that. In the eyes of many. Normative Islam, my brothers and my sisters, as you guys are aware, is being ideologically attacked. You see it being tampered and tainted with right before our eyes. Messenger said, and I don't think I need to spell that out. Falling into a zina will become extremely widespread. Right? Illegal sexual practices outside of marriage will just become a norm. Once upon a time, brothers and sisters, when a sister became impregnated that we knew of, it would be a big deal on the streets. It would be a big deal amongst families. May Allah protect us all from it. Right? Everybody would think, subhanAllah, how did that happen? As time went on, that happens in a household, in a family. They will say, Wallahi, you know, that family done it. You know, it's not a big deal. Desensitized to some of these major sins. Likewise, killings and shootings will become extremely widespread as well. And I don't think I need to spell that out, my brothers and my sisters. You guys want to huh, be shocked? Something that I missed Allah Ali was to mention over 1400 years ago. And I just want to put out a disclaimer. Just in case we have someone here that works for Fox News. Right? That wants to take out of context what I'm about to say. I spread peace. I spread peace, guys. I'm a compassionate Imam. Huh? The Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Inna akhwafa ma akhafu ala ummati amalu qawmi lut. That which I fear the most for my ummah is the practices of the people of Lut. Right? You see that which is being shoved down our throats and rubbed on our faces. That which is so widespread right before our eyes, my brothers and my sisters. Our Prophet mentioned this Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam over 1400 years ago that this will become extremely widespread and rampant. Let me just point this out. I am not here to incite violence or harassment towards anyone. I'm just here, my brothers and my sisters, to enlighten you all of what our beloved Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned. I'm not here to express my own views and opinions, right? Let me point out the following, my brothers and my sisters. And this is a qa'idah, a principle that I want you all to take home. Shaykh al-Islam al-Tayyim rahmatullahi alayhi and also Ibn al-Qayyim, they have very similar statements. One of the statements is, إِذَا ضَعُفَتِ السُنَّةِ إِذَا ضَعُفَتِ السُنَّةِ قَوِيَةِ الْبِدْعَةِ if Sunnah now becomes weak, you know the Sunnah of the Messenger normative Islam, what the Messenger came with, you will see the opposite, innovations becoming so widespread and rampant. Also, Mutamiya says, right, The more you find, the more you find, my brothers and my sisters, those who are calling to Allah becoming less and less and less, 
the more misguidance, the more wickedness, the more evil you will see becoming extremely, extremely widespread. We had the feminist movement, right? Who took over the world. We're having a great time on Twitter, me and them, right? Great time. They came out with whatever they wanted. What do you have now? The opposite side, the Red Pill movement. This is very well known. And by the way, I'm not defending them or anything like that. You have one extreme, and then you don't have enough people calling to normative Islam, you will see the opposite taking a stronghold. It's as simple as that. From the beginning of time, all the way to this very day, brothers and sisters. How is it, my brothers and my sisters, that some of these practices that we see unfolding right before our eyes, has now become such a norm? I'll give you guys an example of the rainbow team, right? I'm just pointing out what is very apparent. You look on places like Twitter, on social media, my brothers and my sisters, even though they are a minority within, within, within a minority, they are the loudest on social media, agreed or not? Like I said, they are like a raindrop that has what? Dropped in the ocean compared to everyone else. We've become extremely terrified and scared to talk about what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came with. So much so that the dynamics have changed. The narratives are being what? Pushed down our throats that we have to adhere and conform. Let me make it very, very clear again. I'm not here to incite violence or harassment. Not at all. I spread peace, guys. I'm just here to enlighten my brothers and my sisters to take their religion a lot more seriously. How is it that this has become so rampant and so widespread? You guys want to know why? Because there's not enough people calling on to normative Islam. There's not enough people, right? who are there propagating that which is correct. Due to the fear-mongering tactics that are used, the jamming tactics that are used to cancel an individual, the moment he speaks out. They're just fear-mongering tactics, right? However, my brothers and my sisters, you guys know what the first commandment is, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam have come with a religion that is so perfect. That is so logical and it makes so much sense, right? There are ways around it. That's why none of my videos get taken down on YouTube, guys. Even though some of them are extremely controversial because we put these disclaimers at the beginning, making it very, very clear what intentions are. Right? However, my brothers and my sisters, we really, really need to ask ourselves the question, what do we want in the next couple of years? What do we want? You know, I gave a lecture on Christmas. We called it Shikmas. It's on my channel, right? <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Right at the end, I mentioned something. Very, very important. Right at the beginning, right at the end. Brothers and sisters, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. That tomorrow your son or your daughter is walking into the house holding the Christmas tree. He or she walks in, or they walk in. Yeah? They walk in. Why are you guys laughing? Yeah. 
this individual walks in, right? And they're holding this tree and you're saying, Muhammad and Fatima, what are you doing? And then the child turns around and says, what dad? What's going on? Is that possible without a shadow of a doubt? They just don't know. Simply because they have not been educated with Islamic values and ethics. Does that make sense? They have not been educated. If we don't know, what do you expect them to know, my brothers and my sisters? Right? We take them to university, and I say this as someone who went to university and studied civil engineering. I went to a good university, guys. It's not just Islam. Huh? But then I dropped out after a year, because I had to go to Medina. Right? The point of the matter is, we take our children, or we, as individuals, making our own choices, we go to these universities, right? Not equipped with how to deal with all of that which is so prevalent and widespread in these university settings. I call it a jungle, you don't have to agree. I call it a breeding ground for kufr, shirk, all types of fahisha, and I don't think you guys are going to disagree with me. And a lot of colorful things, right? It's a breeding ground for that. I just finished, when I was in the UK, 27 universities. The liberals really tried to come after me by shutting down these programs, but they failed. 27 secular universities, I went round. And I would be delivering a lecture about Surah Yusuf. Some of the students would come up to me the moment I begin to speak about philosophy. Well, they were like, what you're saying is true, man. I may have to, right, figure out a different career. They walk into class, that teacher does not care. Whether you're a Muslim, or you're a Christian, or you're a Jew, they don't care, brothers and sisters. You're a person of religiosity, he's going to target you. You tell me if I'm wrong or not, brothers and sisters. And then the individual comes out shaking his faith. His Iman has been shaken to the core, brothers and sisters. Shaken to the core. Because of the setting that he finds himself in. This is real, guys. For our parents who are here, this is real. Recently I dealt with a situation, right? And it was one of the family members that messaged me. They were like, my sister has apostate, she's become an atheist. And she's a university student. However, my parents, they don't want to do anything about it. Why? They don't want to rock the boat. Right? They don't want to distract her focus on her university studies. Imagine that. Billahi alaykum, my brothers and my sisters. I'm not telling anyone to drop out of university. I'm not telling anyone to leave school at all. Right? I'm not saying that at all. Please don't misunderstand me. That shahada, that university certificate, that university certificate, brothers and sisters, if I've now lost my faith, how is it going to benefit me the moment I am admitted into that hole, into that grave that is six feet down into the ground? We spend so much time learning the periodic table, H2O, right, C2O, Pythagoras theorem, evaporation, condensation, alliteration, and all of the differentiations that are out there, right? But then we can't give a couple of moments a day to the religion of Islam. We can't give a couple of moments learning about our religion and then we sit around 
feeling sorry for ourselves. Why is all of this happening? Why are our children becoming atheists? Why are they all of a sudden, right, confused about their pronouns? Right? We've taken them to these universities, or we ourselves, we've gone to these universities, and then we are shaken to the core, brothers and sisters. You may think to yourself, you may think to yourself, that some of these current or modern day ideologies, they're not a big deal. Right? Shall I tell you, my brothers and my sisters, something that is... Absolutely. You may think to yourself, my brothers and sisters, that these modern day ideologies are not a big deal. If I was to embrace it, if I was to now, right, conform to it, whether it may be secularism, whether it may be feminism, whether it may be liberalism, whether it may be anything else, right? We hear about murder, right? We hear about these major sins that Allah Azza wa Jalla has told us about that shocks us from time to time. It may well be that one walks into university, my brothers and my sisters, right? Loving Allah and His Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But then he begins to utter, or she begins to utter, that which causes his Islam or her Islam to nullify. I'll give you guys an example. Right? I'll give you guys an example with feminism. It's become my favorite topic over the last couple of months. Huh? Even in Minnesota, even in Minnesota, they specifically asked me to speak about this and also how to become a high-value man. Right? Because Ghayra, your protective jealousy has died. The community is asking me, mums and aunties, they want this to be spoken about, subhanAllah. Right? The point that I wanted to make, my brothers and my sisters, is the following. A sister walks into university holding on to her Islamic values and ethics. She walks into some of these feminists, runs into them, and then they end up hijacking her brain. Polluting her mind. In what way? Everything is equal rights. Let me ask you guys a question. Did Al-Islam came to establish equal rights or justice? Justice. Islam came to establish justice. They've been made to feel that equal rights, equal rights, is what is right, morally speaking. Anything other than that should be completely eliminated. Right? Completely eliminated. That's what they convince her with. And then now she looks at Al-Islam. Certain commandments and instructions in the Quran. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving instructions to a man to do X, Y, and Z. And then a woman to do X, Y, and Z. And then you know what she says? This is not right. This is not fair. This is unjust. This is oppressive. Who's the one that sent down this Quran, my brothers and my sisters? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Can you see how problematic the statement is? This is now flirting with this belief. Flirting with that which is going to take away from you that which is most precious. Your Islam, brothers and sisters. Not so long ago, my brothers and my sisters, one of the brothers who gives lectures at universities, he said to me, he delivered a lecture on feminism. And he made it very, very clear what Al-Islam comes with. 
and how it came to establish justice and not necessarily equal rights. The ISOC president, or you guys call it MSA. Is that what you guys call it, right? The MSA president was a female. Took him to the side. And you know what he said to him? Why are you mentioning some of the bad things about Al-Islam? Imagine that. And that is because her mind got polluted, my brothers and my sisters. Her mind has been hijacked. This, my brothers and my sisters, right, is more worse than you might think. And this sister is wearing the hijab from top to bottom, adhering to Islamic clothing. But then she's coming out with all of this stuff, right? Not realizing, subhanAllah, right, the ramifications of the statement, unfortunately, why do we say justice very, very quickly, just in case you guys are wondering? Let me ask you guys a question. Is it right and is it fair now to get your wife or your daughter to start working, right? To start working as a miner? You guys know what mining means? Or is that a British term? Huh? Or to stand under the heat, the burning, scorching sun to start constructing tall buildings. Is that fair? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave each one of them roles and their roles complement one another. This is Islam, my brothers and my sisters. No matter how rich she is, a multi-billionaire, she's got that stacked up in the bank, you still have to clothe her. Right? Sometimes... Can I also say something, right? Can I also say something, guys? Can I also say something else? We've got a situation in Minnesota, right? I was told that in Virginia, mashallah, our sisters, they're nothing like that. Our brother, Ustad Ahmed, told me to specifically point out, right, that the sisters are great here in Virginia. May Allah reward them with greatness. Right? Does that make sense, my brothers and my sisters? People always ask, what shall I ask him at a marriage meeting? What shall I ask her? I've got a whole list of traits and characteristics that a man should stay away from. And then I've got a whole list of traits and qualities that a woman should stay away from. You know what a big red flag is? The moment he says to you, Wallah, I want you to pay for half of the expenses in the house. My brothers and my sisters, that is the trait of a simp. <laughs> this is not a manly trait and characteristic. The tables have turned. Priorities are not straight anymore simply because of these values that we have come across. Right? I'm getting a little bit carried away. I have a lecture on feminism. It's on my YouTube channel. Please refer back to that, inshallah. Right? The point of the matter is, my brothers and my sisters, this miskeen or miskina goes into university not equipped with the right tools to repel the doubts that are coming their way. And then it's very, very unfortunate that they end up leaving the fold of Islam. Ask me one of the reasons as to why I left university. And again, I don't want the parents after me, right? 
Please, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm just pointing out what happened. I told you guys, right? I dropped out. Due to two reasons. One of them was I got accepted in Medina. So I had to make a decision. I remember as well, subhanAllah, the conversation that I had to have with my father. May Allah bless him. Right? It was an easy conversation. I remember taking him to a high-class restaurant. It was Turkish. <laughs> Lovely restaurant. And he's thinking, why is Muhammad taking me out today? Right? This is very, very unusual. Because I insisted. I don't know, he's very, very busy. And we started talking, just having a conversation, 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 conversation. And I said, Dad, I may have to leave university. I remember he had that shish kebab in his mouth and he choked on it. <laughs> right? And he was like, what? And I explained everything to him. How, you know, later on I can continue my studies, I can get a Western degree with a master's. I had to kind of like come with a whole huh, blueprint of my future. And he was very reluctant and eventually allowed me. Yes, we still have to seek permission, brothers and sisters. Why, just because I give da'wah now huh, and I start making decisions for myself, you are always still that little child. To your parents, no matter what you achieve, no matter how many qualifications you get, brothers and sisters, you are still mummy's boy and mummy's girl. Realize that, brothers and sisters, right? Sometimes we think we became something and we begin to speak to our parents as if they are equals. No, they're not equals. Does that make sense? Tayyip. <laughs> <laughs> The next point that I wanted to, uh, the point that I was trying to uh, come to now. That was the first reason. The second reason, my brothers and my sisters, was I would see people like me and you. People like me and you. Right? Around the same age, non Muslims learning my religion. You call them Orientalists. You guys heard of them, right? People who learn your religion just so they, become, they can become guided. Yes, they do that. So that they could use it against vulnerable Muslims who are uneducated with their religion. They would go around university campus targeting this guy and that guy and whatever have you. Using it against them. And then they don't have any answers. And I want to make this very very clear brothers and sisters. Just because you don't have the answer, it doesn't mean that there aren't any answers. You should stick that on your wall, especially in today's day and age guys. Just because you don't have any answers, that doesn't mean there aren't any answers. First year med student, right? Especially, I think in uh, Somali Dakan, right? When the guy comes home, after a couple of days, they start asking him questions about huh, this medicine and that medicine, right? What is he going to assume? What is he going to say, guys, if he doesn't know? Oh, look, I'm still a, you know, I'm still a, uh, what you guys call it, rookie. Huh? I'm still a beginner. I still need to learn, I'll come back with the answer. Is he going to, in his right mind, leave med studies? Is he going to leave his medicine course? No, he's not. No one in their right mind would do that. Now, my brother and my sister, why would you be shaken to the core if you didn't have any answers to the questions that are being posed to you? Ask. Go and ask others, my brothers and my sisters. It is as simple as that. None of us have encompassed all of knowledge. I'm ignorant about a lot of things. 
I research, I get asked questions, and I read, and I ask, and I research, and then I put together maybe a program to speak about it. And that's everyone. No one was born with knowledge, brothers and sisters. Wallahu akhrajakum min butuni, mahatikum la ta'alamuna shay'a. Allah Azza wa took you out the wombs of your mother, not knowing anything, brothers and sisters. You're going to be shaken, of course, in today's day and age. It's not something that is surprising. But then you have to go look for the answers. Right? Just like the med student. He goes and researches. You go and research as well, my brothers and my sisters. That principle is very, very important. And I want you guys to go and relate to others. Right? Just because you don't have the answers, that doesn't mean there aren't any answers for that which you are being asked about. I'm thinking to myself, these guys are learning my religion, right? And I'm sitting around here talking about calculus, right? Let me go. Right? This was one of the reasons, my brothers and my sisters. There is an ideological attack on an Islam from so many different angles, from so many different directions, my beloved brothers and sisters. Is there anyone here that wants to take heed? With that which is happening in front of us, my brothers and my sisters. Enough is enough. Up until when will we remain not knowing about what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us for? Allah says, I didn't create the jinn and his except to worship me. We can't worship Allah accordingly. Except with what? With knowledge. We can't. I believe my brothers and my sisters, and I don't think anyone here will disagree. You cannot function in this world without beneficial knowledge. You know who you should ask? Go ask Logan Paul and KSI. <laughs> Wallah, you guys think I'm joking. And not just them, even that guy called The Beast. I think that's his name, right? The Beast. Oh, he's a Mr. Beast, Mr. Beast, right? Justin Bieber, add him to that as well. Right? And Fusichu. Why did I mention all of these names, guys? I've mentioned this so many times. Some of you guys may have heard in the lectures, right? Why? Why did I mention all of them? What do they all have in common? Who can tell me? Huh? The little one there has put his hand up. Fatah Allahu alayk. Hiya. Go on. Oh, he's shy. He sat down. No worries. Everyone knows what they have in common is what? Money, fame, girls, cars, materialistic things, they all have that in common. Sahih? I'll tell you something else they also have in common. They're all depressed. They are all spiritually empty. This is not Abu Taymiyyah bringing it out of his own back pocket, brothers and sisters. I remember sending this video to my younger brother Ibrahim. I sent it to him. Because there's a brother that compiled all of these small little clips and put it in a long video. I said to Ibrahim, huh? What do you think? He was like, whoa, man. Huh? These guys look like they're living double lives. You know what they keep on saying? Right? You know what they keep on saying? What you see on screen is very different to what happens behind closed doors. Wallahi ladhi la ilaha ghayra. I heard them say this with my own two ears. That really woke up my younger brother. And I'm hoping that's going to do that to you guys as well. 
What do we put this down to, my brothers and my sisters? Let me tell you guys something. No matter what you acquire of this dunya, if you have all of the materialistic things that we keep aspiring for, you still won't be happy. You will be spiritually dead and empty. The way Allah has created your heart, it craves for its creator. It craves for its creator, my brothers and my sisters. That's the way Allah has created your heart. No one is saying that you can't work, that you can't go to university. No one's saying that. There's no harm taken from the dunya that which is going to aid and help and assist you hereafter. No problem. As Allah says, don't forget your fair share of the dunya. From the food and the drink and the things that are permissible. No problem. Right? We're not the haram police guys that says everything is haram. Huh? Are you guys with me? They are spiritually dead and empty. They've said this with their own mouths. Right? We really want what they have, right? But look at the lives that they're living. Spiritually dead and empty. The way Allah created your heart, it craves for its creator. Let me speak about Fusi Chub for a moment, guys. Fusi Chub, who is a Muslim, right? More than once he has announced his apostasy on YouTube. He will come out, I'm leaving Islam. I don't even watch these guys very richly. Right? I am leaving Islam. And then there's another title that says, I got that bipolar, I got mental health, I got this. And he's talking about it open. Everyone comes, everyone has seen it. Recently, just before his boxing match, and excuse me, brothers and sisters, for, for mentioning these names, right? It's not from the angle of dignifying them. They was, he was asked, just for his boxing match, and I took the video, excellent. I love these kind of videos. Fortunately, when we talk to our shabab and we say, that righteous man huh, of the tabi'een, of the tabi'a tabi'een, said kada wa kada, said this and that, say, wallahi, Allah yarhamah. May Allah have mercy upon him. But they feel like they can't relate, right? Because of the distance in time. So Mada Hassan, Fusitub, they asked him just before his recent boxing match. How are you feeling? You know what he said? I couldn't feel any better. I stopped pornography. I stopped zina, like doing fornication outside of marriage. I stopped drinking alcohol. I stopped doing this and I stopped doing that. I stopped consuming drugs. And I'm staying on top of my salah. And I can't, I, I, I wouldn't feel any better. I couldn't feel any better. This is him saying this. Are you guys fans, huh? Who's the true fans? Are you brothers and sisters with me? Out of all people that might be or that might give us a reminder, I know, me mentioning this, people are going to hold on to it and be affected by it. What happens? And he's saying, it's helping him with his mental health. And I'm thinking to myself, Allah said in the Quran, over 1400 years ago that he sat down, إِنَّ The salah, it removes the filth and the evil from your life. Also Allah said in the Quran, وَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ عَنْ ذِكْرِي فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً طَنْكَا Whoever turns away from my remembrance, he will live a depressive life. Also Allah said, 
من عمل صالحا من ذكرنا أنثى وهو مؤمن فلا نحيينه حياة طيبة Whoever from the male and the female right whoever from the male and the female they do good deeds and they come with iman in this case it's equal rights guys huh? when it comes to the reward of Allah al-ibadat the reward in that case al-nisa shaqaiq al-rijal as the messenger sallallahu said when it comes to roles and certain things that he instructed them with in that case it's justice justice طيب. This person who comes with Iman, faith, he also comes with righteous deeds, he will have that happy life. He will be satisfied in his day-to-day dealings, right? Because of him coming with these two things. And that's very vast, Iman, right? When we say Iman, my brothers and my sisters, we're talking about the duties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon you. Right? The duties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon you, my brothers and my sisters. Learning about His rights upon you, it increases your iman. Right? So this is fully true for you, my brothers and my sisters. He's in a better place mentally and spiritually. And that is because he's staying on top of his salah. I get very, very, uh, or should I say, I get many questions coming to me all the time, brothers and sisters. People talking about how spiritually dead and empty they are. Right? You know who one of the most common ones are? Rappers. Who have blue ticks. You know on Instagram? What does blue tick mean? Verified. Even I'm not, you know, certified yet. Right? I'm not verified. But they're all verified. And they're messaging me, right? One of the first messages he sends is, you know the emoji, the yellow emoji with the crying? And with the tears coming down. That's what he sends me. I click on his profile and the guy has cars, seems like he's living the life. And then behind closed doors, he's sending me the yellow emoji with the tears. And I'm just talking to him. The guy doesn't want my followers. He doesn't want to shout out, right? He doesn't want any of this. He doesn't want me to give him money, but he just wants to be in a better place spiritually, my brothers and my sisters. SubhanAllah. That's the reality as well. The way the dunya has been created, it is there to entice you. It beautifies itself, making you think. Once you acquire it, you will be happy and satisfied. And then my brothers and my sisters, it stabs you in the back. You are left disappointed. How many people do I know, my brothers and my sisters, who are dealing in all sorts of haram, whether it might be interest, whether it might be this type loan and right haram and whatever have you, but they're extremely empty. But then you find someone, right, he suffices himself with the little that he has and he's so, so spiritually, right, peaceful. That's the reality. I have friends that are multi-millionaires, guys. But I've never taken a single penny of them. Not a single penny. They would come to Medina while I was there. You know how much I was getting from the university? 840 reals. How much is that in dollars? I think it's 200 American US dollars. You always go there. This is my funny uncle. 200 dollars. 200 dollars, nothing guys. But these multi-millionaires would say to me in the haram, in the haram, Wallahi, I wish I could leave my job, right? And just sit here, like you're sitting here, and just learn. 
The khulas for my brothers and my sisters because I got given the red flag by the brothers. I think I've got maybe three minutes left. My brothers and my sisters, earlier I made mention of the rainbow team. I'm going to come back to that because I'm going to compare it to ourselves. They are so loud and so effective. And that is because they are collectively, not individually, collectively propagating that which they stand for. And they have managed to acquire so much and spread whatever they are upon, right? So much so, I don't know over here, but in the UK, huh? the zebra crossing is rainbow colors. You cross the road, it's got rainbow colors. They have rights. And again, for the third time, just in case, you know the media, right? I'm not here to incite violence or incite harassment towards anyone. The reason why they've managed to reach this, my brothers and my sisters, is because they are collectively propagating that which they stand for. If we care about ourselves and the next generation, my brothers and my sisters, start this journey in seeking knowledge. I don't just give lectures to get a rise out of the crowd for us to laugh and feel good. No. There is an objective behind it. A lot of the time when we talk about seeking knowledge, people think I have to pack my bags and I have to go abroad. That's good. Excellent. But it's not just that, brothers and sisters. A little bit every day, a little bit every day can go a very long way in the kind of knowledge that you end up acquiring, which will change your life for the better. A little bit every day. If you think you can't go abroad, right? Which is the better thing to do. And I know everyone can't do that. Little bit every day. I make it an objective. Every day I'm going to do a little bit. Life with knowledge has become so easy. We have the World Wide Web. For those who didn't know what WWW stands for, the World Wide Web, guys. Right? It's so easy to access. I know a lot of you guys came, right? Because you've seen videos online. But the Instagram videos and the TikTok videos, right? That's microwave knowledge, guys. It is microwave knowledge. We need a lot more than that, right? We give so much to everything else. And some of the, the attitude that some of us may have is, when I find time, then I'm going to go and do this. Is that how we should treat Allah Azza wa Is that the kind of attitude we should have, my brothers and my sisters? And if you think, my brothers and my sisters, that you can't, you can't learn your religion the way you think. Be somewhat involved. Be somewhat involved. Some people have money, right? Some people have skills. Yesterday when I was in Philadelphia, I was telling the son of one of the mashayikh there, right? I want you to learn Premier Pro. Does anyone here know what Premier Pro means? Premier Pro is the system that is used to edit videos. May Allah guide them. Don't look down on them, guys. Some of us may think, oh, look at them. Right? May Allah guide them. Right? Allah tells us, You will like that once upon a time, and then Allah will bless you. Make dua for them. Right? That's the first thing. If you can't be actively seeking knowledge for whatever it be, somewhat involved. Allah may have mercy upon you because of that. Editing is not easy and it's very, very costly. This brother is recording, right? He's recording. That's just the beginning of it. After he gets the footage, he has to edit it, then he has to upload it, 
and then he has to cut it out, do this, remove this, and add that. And that's not easy. Right? The brother that cuts out my videos that you've seen going around, I pay him every single month from my own pocket. It's costly. But I want the da'wah to spread and it's a form of sadaqah. Perhaps Allah will bring it back to me, right? And it's the cause of a lot of you guys entering into this hall today. Right? Be somewhat involved. Help each other out. The masajid, right? Sometimes something as small as, you know, people come up to me sometimes and say, what can we do for you? What can I give you? The most or what I want greatly from you, the one who's asking me, is not mainly money. It's not anything else. It's just to spread the videos. Let it reach people, perhaps it may want to guide them. And it will be on my scale of good deeds and your scale of good deeds. Does that make sense, my brothers and my sisters? Let's get involved. Enough is enough, right? It's only getting worse. You have this generation and the next generation. What do we expect, my brothers and my sisters? Al-Malik al-Dayyan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? He is my priority and I'm going to give him precedence before everything else. When you have that kind of mentality, brothers and sisters, expect every door that might be difficult to open, opens up for you. وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا As Allah tells us. Whoever has taqwa, has consciousness of Allah, Allah will open that door for him. وَيَرْزُقُهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُ And will provide for him from where he doesn't expect. My favorite hadith, and I will conclude with this, is the hadith that I've lived by. And it's the first hadith that I was taught. And I can't remember who taught me it, but I make dua for him. إِنَّكَ لَنْ تَدَعَ شَيْئًا اتِّقَاءً لِلَّهِ إِلَّا أَعْطَاكَ اللَّهِ خَيْرًا مِنْهِ You don't leave something for the sake of Allah, except Allah will give you that which is better. And it may well be that you do something for the sake of Allah, not you leaving it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you that which is better. As Ibn Al-Qayyim mentioned, Zad al-Ma'ad. Whoever thinks that if he leaves, or he does something for his sake, and Allah is not going to give him better, فَقَدْ ظَنَّ بِاللَّهِ ظَنَّ الصَّوْمِ This person has had bad thoughts of Allah Jalla fi ulaa if he thinks that. May Allah Azza wa bless every single one of you guys. Wallahi brothers, I say this from the bottom of my heart. I love you all for the sake of Allah. Right? I really, really do. The fact that you all came here, right? We always hear about America being the worst place on the face of this earth. I need to tell these Brits that they're wrong. Right? They're always speaking bad about Americans. Americans are this, Americans are that. They're liberal, they're all feminists. We got the girls from Virginia, mashallah. They're a lot more conservative. Right? Allahumma barik. But the point of the matter is, coming here, seeing the masajid so full in Philadelphia, and now seeing this kind of crowd who are interested in their religion, Wallah, it makes me feel so good. And then there's so much khair in the Muslim ummah. Right? May Allah bless you all. Jazakumullah khairan. I think we're going to pray Isha now. Subhanakallah, bihamdik, shadu an la ilaha ila anta, astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaykum. Jazakumullah khairan.